What's up? Before we jump into episode 54, we're going to hit up our listener voicemail. You can call and leave a voicemail for the show anytime, and we'll play it on the air the next week. You can call at 717-601-2348. That's 717-601-2348. All right, let's hear Lynn. Yeah, I'd like to place an order for two large uh, all-meat pizzas with uh, Wiley's Pizza Oven. Is that HO or something else? Anyway, hey. It's Lynn from the West Coast in sunny Southern California. Just trying out your phone number here, and once I got the right prefix, it is not 707. It is 717, as Brad has just recently advised me, but I get a lot of things wrong. Anyways, wanted to tell you a nice show the other night by uh, Todd. The uh, Super Leaves is an interesting product. I've been looking it up and checking out the uh, YouTube videos on it, and uh uh, it's quite interesting. Never heard of it. Uh, some of the comments the other night and day uh, when you guys were talking was about the uh, uh, getting people interested in uh, modeling, train shows, structures, and all like that. Uh, one of the things I've done personally is I make all my stuff so it can be moved around. I don't mean just the modules, but the buildings on the modules and a lot of times people just think, hey, it's something new and different. Look at what the work you've done, and it's really not. It's from a couple of years ago. But anyways, a lot of the people come out to the show, especially the ones that we do with the modulars, it's, uh, they want to see the trains. They want to see the trains running. The little kids want to see the trains running. Uh, big trains, little trains, like my DeLorean with the little steam engine, Back to the Future. I never lose track of it. I just look for all the people with their cameras and cell phones snapping pictures of it. But anyways, regardless of all that, uh, a lot of the club members, they want to operate the trains. Others want to build things like Benny and his uh, battleships and aircraft carriers. But the people just seem to want to see the trains running around. Once uh, they get into the hobby, then they get more uh, focused on what they want to do, whether it's building, running, operating. Personally, I'm all over the place. I uh, don't specialize in anything, uh, although I'm pretty good with the scenery and the trees, you know, the sagebrush things and all like that. Um, there's a video out that if you and your patrons get a chance, check it out. It's called Model Citizens. Um, my club was offered to be in it, but since we only do four or five shows a year, uh, we don't always get to... Uh, do things on time with the uh, video recording group, so we missed out on it. But there's some uh, real interesting people in there, even a couple of celebrities, and uh, it's worth looking into. It's called Model Citizens. Um, as far as uh, trains and all of this and shows and what you guys do and everything, I think we're all a little bit on the narcissistic side. Uh, uh, we wouldn't be if we weren't on Facebook and sharing pics of trains and all like that. So, um, something I hope, well, Brett, I didn't know there was a time limit. I should have known that, but, um, let me turn down my favorite band music here. That, uh, anyways, where was I? Oh, that doesn't matter. Anyways, I try to share all of your stuff, your shows, your podcasts, your live, everything. Um, I click the like button on each time I see uh, Todd forward something, or you do, Brett. Um, also, I try to share it with the uh, club website. So spreading the word around, trying to get more people interested. Uh, I even got a couple of exes watching your show. One's really into it, and that's all good. So 
You guys have a happy new year. Sorry for the long message, but I don't know how to be short on anything. So take care. Love you guys and have a happy new year. Bye. Awesome. Thanks for calling in, Lynn. And let's jump into this week's episode. Bonjour, fine scale freaks, and what's going on? This is the international episode of the <laughs> HO Scale Customs Bench Time Podcast. I'm just kidding, guys. Welcome to the Bench Time Podcast with HO Scale Customs. We're trying to get a little, uh, a little international here and put some French in. Oui, oui? No? No? You want... Parlez-vous français? What'd you just say? I don't even know. You... Parlez-vous français? <laughs> That's all I remember. You want croissant? Freaking a year's worth of French, huh? You said you want a croissant? Croissant. I, I do want a croissant. Anyways, With hey, salami. We just probably made. We lost all of our French. No, list. that's Italian. That's Italian. We just lost all of our French listeners. So <laughs> I don't know how many listeners we had. In I France. want a croissant with a, with salami and a beer. So, so that's like a French, German, Italian thing. So bonjour to our French listeners. Bonjour. I'm sorry. We probably just lost all of our French listeners. <laughs> uh, uh What are we doing with our lives? Well, uh, you know what? Hey. It's 2019, man. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the new year and the uh, the new season, season two of the Bench Time Podcast with us, yours truly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, let's dig into it now, real quick. Um, I did. We do have our patron only topics of the week, but we're gonna do them at the end of the show this time because I posted the question late and we're letting them flow in right now. So, um. If you yeah, want to join, we'll get to, we'll get to them near the end. But if you want to join everyone else uh, and all of our other patrons and being able to get a topic in on the show for the week, head on over to HO Scale Cut. Oh, my bad. Back that up. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash HO Scale Customs and join our patron group. Um, Which is hopping, by the way. Right now, yeah. it's been hopping. A lot of activity. There's all in kinds there. of stuff in there. So I, I said there's a lot of activity in there. There so. is, and you know, it's all you know, it's all the patrons uh, working together with each other, and right. they build a community. We talked about it on the Patreon, uh, Patreon uh, yeah, we special. Had a, we had a new uh, episode. We had a new episode yeah. last night. Um, right, and we so. talked about that and how how they seem to all be, you know, talking to each other and helping each other out, and that's how it grows, and and you know, yep. that's how that's how it becomes fun, uh, and build your community and build new friends and help each other out. And they're doing that now. They're helping each other a lot. It's these very some, cool. And these are some, you know, all of them are extremely skilled uh, modelers that have some great ideas. And, you know, and we have some that are newer and, uh, you know, Absolutely. just learning. And these, and they're getting a hand from, you know, these other, you know, skilled modelers. And, and everybody works together to help each other out, like we talked about many times. Right, so, right, right. Hey, before I got on, before I came in here to do the podcast, I yeah, was let's watching. get into this story here. I um. Well, no, no. Well, oh, no, this no, is no, different. This isn't even that story. Oh, okay. This is a different I'm, thing, I'm this, anticipating. This is a surprise. Not even on our list of topic things. Oh, okay. So I, I was sitting there waiting because I had like we ate dinner and we had like two hours before the podcast was going to kick up. So we're so I'm sitting out there in my recliner and your mom had uh, Project Runway on, oh, right, and um. Well, you know, well, and, and she's watching it, and I'm trying not to laugh for many multitudes of reasons in my of my own, and 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 you know, it's just 
and I'm thinking this is some this is some silly BS, you know, and <laughs> and, and and you know they're and these guys on there they're doing they're making dresses and 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 designer fashions and stuff, and I'm sitting there because it doesn't do anything. Your mom's into that; she she's big into sewing and everything. But I'm sitting there trying, I'm cracking little jokes and and things about you know things that are said and things that are done and and uh, you know and and because it's not my thing, you know. But then I got to thinking about it, and I came in here, and I'm like. I'm setting up and getting ready and, and, you know, and I'm yelling, I'm cracking a joke down the hall at her and stuff, you know? And, um, and I got this thinking for a second, you know, that it's how far, how far different are we than, than somebody that's doing that? And that's her thing. And so I got to thinking we're, we're all just as fussy about how we, the artistry of what we do. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, Oh, so, so, you know, am I going to make fun of Project Runway anymore? Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make fun of it. Okay, that's the end of that. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Anyhow, that's it. All but right. no, we, we, it is. I mean, what we do is an artistry it, we love and we are passionate about. And, um, you know, if we did a show on TV it, about well, guess it, what? I don't hey. know if it would ever go. I think people hey. make fun of us. It, yeah. It just goes back to what you talked about last week and – that's someone else's yeah. thing, and they shouldn't be ashamed to be proud of what they do. So, uh, yeah, you broke apart there on me. I'm sorry. I said it's yeah. someone else's thing, so, just like our model railroading. It's someone else's thing, and we need to be. They need to be proud yeah, we respect of them. what they do. We get to be so. respectful. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, all right. So anyways, so let's uh, get to talking about this. I don't know what that was a weird. Okay. That was a weird so, rant, by the way. That was strange. Yeah, it was just something that was in my head. I'm, I'm not sure where we were going with that one. I'm confused. Well, no, I was talking about it's 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 an art form. I mean, they're 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 able to pick and match colors. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I know, but about buildings and okay. and uh, you know, and I'm mean, I'm sitting out there cracking on somebody else's thing, and I'm, I wasn't being very respectful, you know. And uh, all right, so, all right, gonna, okay, all right, all right. But anyhow, all right, spray paint. Let's move on. Let's move on from this weird intro. Well, you don't even know what I'm going to talk about here. Well, I know there was a spray paint can involved. Yeah, well, then after that. that's all I know. I thought I had, while I'm waiting for you, because I know I'm going to get a message from you saying five more minutes, ten more minutes, one more minute. So Yeah, well, I got uh, stuff to do unlike you. So I I decide I'm going to paint this one small wall of a building I'm working on right now. And um, I, I'm. It's a actually. It's the uh, Casey's Workshop uh, of Cameron Street Apartments. I'm. I'm doing the final wall here. It's a back. Uh, the back rear wall and a cinder block. And so I decided to grab two of my spray cans because I want to do is a, a gray overcoat on it and uh, initial you know a base coat, and then uh, get it all get that in and then put the mortar in you know, before I start working the other gray colors. And um, I like to do the spray can on anything that's brick or block. And that way it won't rub off color-wise when I'm removing uh, or when I'm rubbing in uh, the mortar with the um, spackle, you know. So um, I took it outside and I grabbed two cans of gray. So what I wanted to do is short quick bursts uh, with them so I get a mixture of the two different gray shades. And I and I used the one, and it's a Krylon, and I sprayed it and nailed it with it, a couple short quick bursts, 
really nice. I shook the hell out of these cans, you know, make sure they're all mixed through, you know, rattle them up, rattle cans. And um, it came out just great. Then I reached for the other can, which was a cheap store brand. I, I think I got it at Walmart or somewhere like that. It was one of those ones that you pay like a dollar ninety nine for gray primer and it's color something I color fast or something like that. And um I am done. I am done using cheap cans of spray paint, and I'll tell you why. Because the son of a bitch started leaking down my hand out of the <laughs> spray can. As I'm sure, and I only did a couple quick bursts. It's literally leaking out from underneath the nozzle, spraying out. It's spraying too. It's leaking down my hand and arm onto the, onto the, uh, I, I was outside doing it because I didn't want the fumes. I, I don't have any, I don't like, I don't have a spray paint booth in here or nothing. So I go outside because, you know, for the, you know, ventilation. And, um, you know, it, it, naturally, it's it's not exactly warm outside. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. But every time, because this happened to me this summer, too. So, I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's cold or warm. This thing leaked down my hand. It's the last time I ever buy that cheap stuff. I'm going to pay the extra, you know, the, the more expensive cans of Rust-Oleum's and the Krylons. They, they, they're what? Three fifty four dollars. Okay, so I got to pay a little more. I generally get a much taller can with a lot more content in it. Okay, I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, when you when you buy, you pay just a little more, and you get a better spray can. I don't have as many problems with it, and I I don't know what they put, what kind of caps they're using, but they don't clog up, they don't stick up. Some of the ones I've had. Uh, the cans um, uh, clog, so you use them like once, and you go to use bet, it again. I would bet that it's not the um, the caps that are sticking up. I bet that there's a mixture within the paint that prevents it from clogging up. Oh, uh, I would. Okay, I would bet that that's why the paint's more expensive. Uh, and you know what? So be it then. If it's uh -huh. any, if it's if it's a matter of buck and a half. Then it's a buck and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the buck and a half for it. I mean, you know, we we spend we spend upwards of two three hundred dollars on some of these kits, and somewhere you know, an, an average, an average forty to sixty, uh, forty to eighty, um, and 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 we're worried about a buck and a half for an extra spray can. I I, I no, I don't see that as a that I'm not buying them more. And I know a lot of modelers out there, and a lot of uh, there's even some manufacturers out there to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just all you have to do is buy the cheap spray cans, and, you know, at the Walmart. I've read it. I've read it in some of the directions and things like. No more. I'm not doing that no more because yeah, it's a mess, and I gotta spend the rest of the next half hour cleaning the shit off my hands and arms, and and uh, some of it dripped onto my onto my deck of my porch out here, so I had to go out there and wipe that off with some paint thinner, and, and what a pain in the ass, and so. Yeah, I'm done with it, and I'm done with the clogged-up nozzles. And why can't we buy a bag of nozzles somewhere where you just get, like, a, a you know, some nozzles so when they clog up, you can pop them off and put a new one on? I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with spray cans. It was literally 10 minutes before we went on the air here, um, and, uh, so and I was rushing around trying to scrub up. And On Amazon, I just found a... 
12 pack of spray paint can nozzles. How much? Oh, wow. Here's a hundred of them. A <laughs> hundred can nozzles for 19 bucks. 19 bucks? For a hundred of them. That's a lot of them. Maybe I'm going to order a pack, and, and that way I can't. I won't have to bitch anymore. That, that was just on my first search. Can. Hang on. Let me look more. Um, I'm sorry. I, I know I swore a couple times there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just frustrated tonight. And you're farting. I am not. This is that, uh, this is that Kubelt chair I bought. I love it, by the way. Yeah. It's a swivel workbench chair. Mm-hmm. It's got a leather seat or or probably a fake leather. And um, I'm sure it is. It's a vinyl seat or whatever. Yeah. And my jeans make a noise on it when I move or switch on my chair. Okay. Just keep telling everyone that. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's move on from that. So uh, we get it. No more cheap Well, no, paint. no. Well, let's not move on to it. What are some ideas for when the thing clogs? How do you unclog well, it? Well, I can tell you, you right do? now how I keep mine from clogging. Well, how do you keep from clogging? What you don't do this when I'm done using you spray it? Spray it upside down. Yeah, I do that. Also, you can take your spray paint spray paint can nozzles off and soak them in paint thinner. Yeah, yeah, the ones that clog. Good luck with that. I soaked one in paint thinner one time for four weeks straight. Oh, and I well, you can't let them get clogged. You can't got to keep them clean. Well, I, I I do try and keep them clean. Well, you don't because they clog. Oh my. I'm just kidding. Actually, I haven't really bought cheap spray paint in a while. I've been using the um, the Rust-Oleum. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess what, I think that's. I also I like think it. the problem with the cheaper stuff is even though it says it's flat, sometimes it comes out kind of shiny, and that bothers me. Yeah. So yeah. I've had problems where it says it's flat and it's the cheap yep. kind, and it looks like it's got a little bit of a satin to it, and it really right. kind of. I've run in there too. It makes me mad. It makes me mad. Well, it's not so much with white that bothers me. It's with what's black because I'm trying to spray paint like pieces of paper to make tar paper roof and it's shiny and doesn't match. I don't like it. Only only one black I use right now is a Rust-Oleum camouflage black. Hmm. Um, I love it. It's an ultra flat. I just knocked uh, something down. Uh, It's ultra flat. So... Uh, it's it's uh it's pretty cool. I like using it. I've had good luck with it. Um, yeah, yeah. So well, um, yeah. It's that's what I would just buy is better spray paint. I have been anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, we got a viewer or a viewer a listener email I want to cover too. We're gonna move on now. Um, it is about sponges. They were asking us why, and I did reply to them already too with an answer, but. They're asking us why we like to use sponges so much, and we have, and why we do a lot of sponge work on our signs. Um, and my answer really simply is because we like to. Um, <laughs> but you know, and I did give a more in-depth answer to that listener uh, via email. But mm-hmm. the longer version of it is. We don't use sponges on all of our signs. I think it might look like we have recently because we've been doing a lot of work with ghost signs on some buildings. But um, when we're making a ghost sign, sometimes it's hard to get it sanded extremely, extremely thin. Right. So you got to use a sponge with the same color paint from the building to mask it and make it look like it's peeling or falling off or that the paint's coming through. So 
Yeah. That's why we've been using sponges quite a bit lately because we've been doing I, a lot I, of ghost signs. And it's not just for ghost signs. Uh, lately, I've been using them. It's a technique that I like to use. There's a technique that you like to use. I'd like um, Yeah, I'd like to see more people I, try I know it. The other, I know other guys that do it. I mean, lots of them. And, you know, I, I don't do it. Do it uh, I don't just I don't do, do, do it. I don't just do it for the uh, for the ghost signs. I mean, I'm doing it for my walls uh, to add some extra tones or color, peeling paint for um, you know. You, you don't. I don't get the same effect that I want by brush painting it uh, the same way. I, it just if simply brush painting it alone. I do brush paint. Okay, I, I do spray paint as we just talked about. But the sponge is like a final a final step on some of it. And I use it on rooftops, uh, to, to give like a speckled look on some of the, on some of the roofs, especially on a, um, a tar paper roof. I'll use like a dove gray and then I'll, I'll kind of speckle it and then just kind of tone that down. Um, very lightly by the way, with speckling it and then tone it down with, uh, some chalks. And, you know, so, so it's not just for uh, the ghost signs. It's for many different applications where you, where you only want to touch it randomly and give it a different, you know, overtone or, or, or an extra layer of, of paint in a certain manner. Um, it's very popular with my rotary now and uh, with fine scale detailing. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, sponging. I mean, yeah. it's just a technique that you, you like. That yeah, you enjoy you doing. Just, and... I can res- I can uh, get textures with sponge painting that I can't get with, right. um, with a lot of other brushes and right. um, namely with signs. That's mostly just for ghost signs. I also did reply back to that 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 email saying that I often use them now to push. Remember how I was pushing the signs into the. Te- mm-hmm. the texture of the wall with like a an edge of something well yeah. a couple times i started to do that and i i ripped them so yeah. now i've been using a dry sponge to push that wall that sign into the wall because i think it's a more even pressure and it's not a point type of pressure and it doesn't rip the sign yeah. so i've been using sponges to actually press press the sign into the wall and i've not ripped the sign since right so, so you're minimizing damage because it's, it's just a dry sponge so there's no other yeah. damage and uh my finger doesn't rip it or the sharp edge of something doesn't rip it. And right. it works great. So just another tip. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, and, um, you know, you can get the speckling effect with, like, like I talked about last week. Chipping with paint. That deer. You can, and you can get yeah. it with like a, you can do for your walls, you can get a chipped paint texture with them. Right. Um, And, or, you know, just like an aged look where it, you can either go for chipped paint or what I've done with, um, I forget which kit that was might have been Roland's welding where mm-hmm. I painted the wall a white color with a sponge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then around the bottom or more towards the bottom, I used a light, uh, just a really light amount of like a tan, like a dirt color. Right. So that way it looked like there was some real fine, like dirt splatters along the bottom edge of the wall. Right. Um, and I could never do that with a brush. No, no, so that's just one way to do it. And, and you know, the the Deerfoot brush I talked to about last week on the show. Uh, if you can get out there and find yourself a Deerfoot brush at a decent price, maybe using a coupon in the art departments, in the fine art departments, um, pick one up for yourself because they're they're real good to work with, and uh, you can get some similar effects with that type of brush. 
Right. Um, but you know, I mean, everybody's got their thing. So, but, um, yeah, so that's, uh, so that's great. We talked about the sponges. Um, we got some questions up there. Are we going to go into that? Uh, we're, I told you we're going to do that at the end. Okay. Uh, so we're going to jump into our topic of the week, which is extending the structure or seeing past the building's walls um, with detail parts or um, like a, things that you can scratch build to extend the, the building or the structure and make it look larger. And, and three-dimensional. We want to make it... Uh, yeah, have... you're, yeah, you're going into another 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 dimension with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have our three-dimensional structure which is four walls or six walls or whatever, eight walls, whatever you're using. And, and um, you know, that's great. It gives you the form of the structure, whatever the design is. However, there needs to be something more outside of the wood and brick and block that, can, that makes a building three-dimensional and pop. And, uh, and it's something we really haven't got. We talked about detailing things before, you know, but we really haven't got onto this uh, too much. And, and that is like, like a marquee sign um, in particular. I'm working right now with this Casey's workshop. And on the outside of it, uh, there's these marquee signs that, you know, came with the kit. And uh, in fact, uh, Kenny uh, also. Um, has some special marquee signs that he's made up that are they're made out of a like a resin. I'm not sure. I think it's an acrylic plastic type uh, thing and are really cool. And I'm going to be using them on this. But I got to thinking about it. Look, if you don't have your uh, if you're especially if you're scratch building the kit and you want to scratch build and put a marquee sign down the side, um, it's you know the I, and you don't see it done as enough. Um, you can make a two-sided sign that hangs out over the sidewalk that comes straight down with the letters coming straight down, you know, like, uh, you know, Bobby's Bar, and put the letters coming straight down, B-O-B-B-I-S-I-E-S, or whatever, Bobby, or Y-S, or however the hell you spell it, and, and uh, you know, a bar underneath. And then, you know, have it come down the side on both sides, and, and then have it extend out from the from the building itself you know maybe you know two or three feet extends out over the top of the of a sidewalk and you know that's the kind of signs and things that i was talking about or or just a simple two-sided sign over a doorway that extends out um you have if you have scrap boxes you have it all at your disposal you can use a simple you know um sheet or no, i'm sorry a strip of uh of a strip wood uh, that's maybe, you know, I don't know, quarter inch or one eighth inch. And, um, you know, maybe uh, on one side and a little more narrow on the other side, almost rectangular shaped. You could, you could do something along that lines and, uh, you know, paint it one base color, um, put your letters on it or put a paper sign on either side of it. It matches. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, put some kind of border around each edge, you know, or a piece of really, really thin strip wood around the edges on both sides. Right. And then, you know, and give it a, a metallic color uh, coating on the outside. Uh, you know, it, use your imagination. But those kind of signs are great, easy to build. You have the material, even a flat, simple drugstore sign over top uh, that has like maybe you know, the drugstore and then the Canada dry thing on it. I've seen a million of them. You can do that both sides of a sign 
just a simple metal sign that comes hangs out over all you need is a little stiff you know uh gauge wire uh to attach the sign to the building drill a hole into the building and and attach it i mean it's it's there for you your scrap box has all these cool things and you know look at the at, at what you have and how you can enhance um your building with it and right that, you know the you, all for the, for that flat sign all you would need is a flat sheet of or thin sheet of of chipboard or something along along you know thin sheet of cardboard yeah um and there's plenty, uh, of, there's plenty of scrap cardboard in uh in most of your kits that you get or chipboard yeah, in most of the kits the that you get yeah the box yeah. um yeah. and you, you could just build a simple frame around it like you had said right right uh, and uh and yeah, it, get creative with it and you and you know same with the signs what? on the wall you can do or that. signs on the roof um your billboards yeah well, you can make easy. It's easy to make a billboard with the same with the same idea, just some chipboard and a couple pieces of scrap lumber for a frame, and you print out the sign you want, put it on the roof. Uh, yeah. Just look at a model of a billboard and make it the scale, slap it on the roof. The other thing you can do that's pretty cool is um, what Jason had talked about, and what I did on one of mine is you go to the Michaels, and you go to the scrapbooking section, which is something cheap to get. It's like I think it was like four bucks for a whole pack of them, and I got a yeah. whole bunch of letters that uh, you would normally use for scrapbooking, and you can get laser right. cut wood letters, and yeah. you can make a rooftop, uh, you can make rooftop uh, letters with like a rooftop sign with letters. You've all seen them, um, yeah. But you can make it say whatever. If you if it's a coffee house, you can make it say coffee. If it's a uh, a grocery place, you can have it just say. Uh, you know, if it's Mike's Groceries, you could just put the word Mike's up top. Uh, there's a million things you can do with that. Uh, make a movie, make a movie theater, and just have it say movies on top. Right, uh, it's but real those, easy. Or to build a f- you don't even have to use those laser cut letters on the roof. You can put them on the front of a building, like right above a storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, that go they they stick out a little bit off the front, almost yeah. like a almost like not a marquee, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like a raised letter yeah. that's been attached as, as, as a metallic. And it doesn't hang off the wall. Sign. It doesn't hang off the wall very far, um, mm-hmm. but it adds some depth to the front of the building. Right, right. I agree. So. I mean, and and why not add them on? I mean, if you can add this stuff on, uh, you know, you're going to bring it so much more to life. And, and yeah. it, like you were saying with those letters, it, it's as simple as, you know, well, people go, well, how am I going to. You know, just have them suspended like that on the well. You know, build a frame like you would a billboard, and then across instead of putting a billboard sign across the front of the the framework, uh, build some horizontal support bars that go the stretch of what your lettering is going to be, and they're just wood letters, and just attach them right down the front of that thin strip wood that goes right. uh, horizontal as support. And here's I the mean, other idea. And yeah. this, everyone has it at their fingertips. If you're listening to this podcast, you have the ability to do it. Just look it up online. Look up, yeah. Look up pictures of old buildings with like uh, uh, signs on top of the roof, or look up other models people have done in any of the groups. You're bound to find ones that people have done, um, right? And you'll see immediately how they do it. It's pretty, yeah, put, pretty easy yeah. to do. Put a couple. You know, every kit that we get has some of them goofy little titchy uh plastic um oh the sprues 
No, no, the 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 little the little uh, light domes or whatever they are, the 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 shades, the little lamp shades. Oh yeah, yeah. And I always end up. I don't use them all. I use like two or three on on a building, you know, in most cases. But then I save them all, and I got like piles of these things. Like, do you have do you have some laying around? Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone so I, I does. save what I don't use. Okay, get some extra wire, make some signs. And, and make some signs, make some, make some lights, or even make them longer strips of wire, and and have them hang out over your signs, you know, and you know, give them that, give it that look like there's some major lights up there above it, and it, you know, it, we all have those extra ones. I mean, we don't use them all, all the time, because first of all, they're pain in the butt, but um, you know, but, you know, save them for when you really, really want to use some, you know, uh, you know, light lampshades over top of stuff. It's a light sign or whatever. Um, or you know, get yourself a, a little LED uh, and run it through the thing and up and up the a wire and into the sign. Make a real lighted sign. I mean, you know, there's many options there. Right. But you know what we're trying to do is is think beyond our building. You know, think beyond what came in that box. You're you're talking outside your box now, and uh, you know fire escapes. I mean, some buildings come with fire escapes. So a lot of them don't. And uh, this one here, this one in particular, does come with fire escape. The one I'm working on now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, uh, titchy fire escapes are 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 easy to put together and put and put up, and they're not expensive. And you can get a whole pack of them. And they're not the only ones that make it. I know ITSLA, I ITLA, um, they make I, they make one. Um, uh, and I, I think you get four fire escapes in theirs, and I know that they you get it. Um, uh, there's you know there's several of if you go to a hobby shop that's well supplied, or you look in your Waller's catalog, you'll find many uh, companies out there that actually have fire escapes. Add a fire escape to your to your building, you know. Um, it really adds a different dimension to it. Don't you agree? It does. Yeah. Fire escapes yeah. and uh, like the external stairwells are are, are oh, big yeah, too, yeah. and they're yeah. easy to make. You can make an external stairwell without even having stairs. No, nope. um, really, all you need is some scrap material for your from other builds or something that and cut them at an angle, like a like a yeah. almost like a triangle. And you need a side piece and a back piece, and then a, yeah. a small little maybe one inch tall piece enough to put a door on. To make a right. to make an external stairwell and actually you know what that'd be yeah, a, a piece of cardboard to cover that, the roof yeah some tar paper make make yeah. your you know your I'm gonna do a quick how to on that that will be yeah. done this weekend I will do a I will do a quick demonstration on how to make a cool cheap fire escape for the side I mean a stairwell for the side of your building I know some of you have probably done it but I just want to throw one out there for anyone that's you don't even have to have a door up there on the side of your building because it's covered no you so, need a door on the front. On the front, but not at the top. No, you know, so which is awesome, and uh, on top uh, also a, a rooftop uh, stairwell, um, you know, a rooftop stairwell building, or and that's just you know. as easy to scratch build as well, as long as you have a door it's and, a, it's and a you need a shack on the roof, and you need even less scrap material for that. You right. just need a door. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't have to. You can angle the roof down uh, on the back side of it. Oh, you can do whatever or, you want with it. It's, or you can just make it a square freaking shack on top yep you know with a door and uh very easy to do that's a that's a great one i didn't even think about that one um 
duck work. Um, you can you can put duck work on your building um, with some scrap. Quack, quack. What's that? Quack quack. Quack. Oh, huh. I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. You said duck work. I know what the hell you were doing there, man. Quack quack. I thought I thought I, I thought the uh, Aflac duck was here. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, take a take a piece of your rectangular strip wood, and uh, you know, uh, paint it up, sand it down really super smooth, paint it up, um, put some uh, put some brackets over top of it. You can make the brackets out of paper and wrap them around like the uh, wire strap on uh, strap brackets and, <laughs> and uh and stick to your building easy I mean, easy and uh you know you know use your imagination but lots of you can make lots of cheap duck work that way quack quack and quack quack i'm so, sorry that's you know <laughs> i'm done so you know, those are some options also um i have i have one uh actually two different companies now i bought them from i bought them from uh from Jimmy Dignan on uh, railroad kits, and uh, also from from Doug uh, f- uh, from f- uh, Foxscale Models, um, they have some. Uh, and uh, they're the cellar door stairwells, and you just stick them on the sidewalk, you know. And you know, there's no, there's actually no cellar stairs, right. but you can stick them right up next to the building, along the sidewalk, or behind a building in a in a yard. In the, in the dirt and grass, uh, right up next to the building, and it gives that extra dimension to your building. Um, you know, the, just use your use your thoughts and and uh, what what you can add to um, to make your structures ha- seem more alive. And we're doing that with mentioning city structures. Imagine what you can do with an industrial thing. You know, oh, all, totally. all the way oh, more man, options. Pipe work. You can put pipe work. That's another thing too on a on a on a city or uh, a country setting is uh, some heavier gauge wire and bend it and make electrical conduit, um, make downspouts on the corners. I don't do enough of that either, and I need to start thinking about that. Um, and I'm probably going to do a little something along that lines on this particular kit. But you know, it's easy. Just take it out there and spray paint it with your with the cheap spray paint that runs down your arm and um yeah do that as well um and, and get like uh a base you know spray paint the wire and you know with a flat color and use that as you know your primer and then you know paint it white or all green or drab green or whatever and um you know and, and put some rain spouts on or some um uh like I said, electrical conduit or um, even uh, plumbing piping uh, is have some of that, you know, coming out the back end of a building oh, yeah. and down along the side. It, it, it's 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 great, but you can do bigger, uh, you know, the plastic sprues that you get with a plastic model kit. Oh, yeah. Some uh, of those are huge. You can use them for some huge piping. You can use them for pipes on top of the roof of right. the structure. Just sand them down and yeah. sand off the edges where you cut off a little extra, oh, yeah. you know, where you had a piece that was attached. There's usually a yeah. little rough spot. If you sand that off, man, you can yeah. have a you can have like a seriously long section of like a vent or a pipe or yeah. you name yeah. it. And some of those actually have a bend in them. So right. here, get this: if you're tricky enough with it, 
Some, yeah. And it comes in, sometimes they'll come in a rectangle. Mm-hmm. And if the whole thing's right, you can cut them in half, and the two ninety degree angles will match each other. So oh, yeah. if they're, if they're round enough, you can glue them together and actually right. make a completely round, like an L shaped pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, just something I've I've seen. I, I have not tried it yet, but I've seen. I have a couple that are almost semicircle that you could make a pipe with. Right, and you know, and you can you can stretch them, you know, over. You can put the pipes in there and have pipes over. Cross over and up and around, ductwork that's on top of the roof, and you kind of crisscross them. You can get all kinds of creative with that. Oh yeah. And uh, so that's those are great options, and uh, you know that's just just some of the stuff that you can you can do to be, you know really build. Oh, don't forget rooftop vents. Um, uh, Dave Cruzwick uh, came up with a you know rooftop vent that he talked uh, he. he he took a metallic bead, and uh, maybe he could post those pictures up. Oh, I don't know if it was – I think it was Dave Cruzwick, or was it Ken Anderson? Uh, the be- I, think it was I Dave, remember it seeing was the Dave. beads. It was I Dave. think it was, yeah. No, it was Dave Cruzwick, and it was um, – they were metallic beads, and I have to find out what they were. I bought some. Uh, maybe Dave has some photos, and he can share on our on our Facebook page. And um, and we'll have to talk to him about that, uh, what he is. And then I just have that and a, a thin um, finishing nail, and I drive that down. And I stick the bead on top, drive it down to the to the top. It looks like there's rotating uh, rotating fans. That oh they yeah, have on and top you weather them food. up. You weather them up yep. real good, and they look. Yeah. You weather those up real nice and make them rusty or something, and they look right. really nice. Yeah, and but you know, there's that coffee stirs. And um, for for pipes cut up out of the roof, and there's you know different you know even even a straw, you could paint spray paint a drinking straws, and uh, so next time you're at McDonald's, swipe some drinking straws and and uh, you know, spray paint them up, and you got yourself some you know pipes, and even duck you can use that for duck work too. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it's out there. I mean, make it make it more dimensional than the building, you know. Some of the other Use- things that are easy to do and that are pretty cheap is um, you can, with some scrap lumber that you have, like from trim trim lumber or stuff like that, you can mm-hmm. actually make uh, little porches or little awnings that hang off. Um, oh, yeah. And they, those add a ton of depth to a building. And they bring, mm-hmm. they bring things out on the sidewalk or you can almost make like an outside storefront. Um, mm-hmm. Where if you have like a little dry goods store or a little uh, little grocery store or a little merchant where you can actually make a outside scene like I did uh, yeah. I did that with Audrey's flower shop that I made where it's yep. um I made little stands and I made uh, piles of little flowers that uh, the flowers are fresh cut like they're fresh cut flowers outside like it was a nice day and the store owner decided to you know take some some of the flowers outside and have a street side um, sale as well. Yeah. So like a like a little sidewalk display right in front of your yeah. shop. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea. And And that was just a, done with some cheap scrap wood and an awning that I made. I just right. cut out the paper and made an awning. Yeah. I mean the yeah, the ideas and the thoughts uh, that are out there it's, it's endless what you can what you can come up with and you know, definitely. Oh, you know what else? When you build craftsman kits that are laser cut, um a lot of times you'll find when you cut the actual 
um, pieces out of the wood, you will sometimes get enough of extra scrap wood from the from the cutouts of it itself uh, that you can make a couple thin walls or shorter walls and do um, a build out or a, you know a jut out from the from your building. It's like a side shed or something. Oh yeah, um, and just put a freaking slanted cardboard roof down on it and pfft, you got an extension to your building you know look at the scrap that's in that box that you can cut down and make something extra out of it to make your building larger i mean it's it's a you know it's there and you that's you know that's you're still building the kit the way you want to build the kit but then you're adding to it and uh, and you're doing it all with, with a lot of times when the confines of the very same kit in a box, you know. Right. So. Yeah, that's not, it. you don't have to buy anything extra either. So. No. No. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's dive into some patron questions here. Let's do that. Let's do that. That was pretty good. We got I, I got some ideas. I got some ideas from you on that, and you got some ideas, I'm sure as well. Yeah. So that yeah, was pretty cool. Yeah. I was just. That it was, kind of refresh my memory before I start finishing up this kit. I might try some of that. It stuff. was good. So, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Patron questions of the week. <laughs> all right, that's my. I was. I'm trying to pump myself up. Need more coffee. All right, Bob Johnson. If you want to actually, really, not you, Bob. If you anyone else listening that's not a patron wants to become a patron, like we said earlier, head on over to patreon.com forward slash HOScale Customs and you'll get your shot at getting some questions on the show. I shouldn't even say your shot because we, we read off all the questions. So yeah. you put one up there that's if he's it's if it's even a one out of a ten on the scale, we'll we'll read it out loud. We don't care. So uh and it doesn't have to be a question every time, guys. If you guys want to make fun of us, we'll read it out loud anyways because we'll, we'll, we like to make fun of ourselves. So, um, Yeah, why not? Really, anything. It doesn't always have to be a question. So bring it on. But All right. Bob Johnson says, how, how, is import, how important is a perfect 90-degree alignment of structure walls? Um, mm. He goes on to say that he sees some folks like Miles Hale eyeballing DPM structure wall alignment. Is that really good enough? He uses machinist blocks. Uh, how do you assure, ensure everything is tuned up and square? So, Bob, I'm sure you're going to know exactly what I do. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's 90 degrees. I have no idea. The, I, use, <laughs> I just do it by eye. Um, when I'm assembling kits to, and they look like they're off a little bit or they're like a gap, I just sand them down lightly over and over i just keep sanding them and checking them and sanding them and checking them until they align right um but i don't use i don't use a square or anything sometimes if it's a kit that requires it to be a little closer because there's a lot of extra corners i Mm -hmm. will use this is as close as i get to a square i'll use the lines on my cutting mat (laughs) and line it up that way to buy but it's all by eye i don't use it i don't use a square Um, Mm. most of the time it's just guessing what about you? What about me? Well, I have a couple methods that I do. I do like mine to be square. I'm a little more, I don't know, uh, OCD about that kind of thing. But um, but you're right. I've done that as well, Brett. But um, my cutting mat, first of all, if I'm going to do it like you just said, I have a cutting mat that's made by um, 
fiskers that people make the scissors and, and cutting material. Um, yeah, I bought it at Walmart. It's I think it's 17 or eight, it's 18 inches by 12 inches. And it has the crisscrossing one-inch marks all over it uh, in a checkered-type pattern. You you know what I mean, right? Yeah, we all have them. Okay, so on that, I used the lines on there. Yeah, that's what um, I just said. Oh. So, I yeah, I know you said about that, but that's what I kind of do if I'm <laughs> doing that. Make sure they're lined up on those lines, and then be careful not to touch it or bump it. Um there's two other methods that I that I more commonly use. Um, one was taught to me um, by Dave Criswick as well. Um, I went to the store to I, I think it was uh, Lowe's, and I bought um, a piece of the flooring tile, the thicker flooring tile, super oh, smooth yeah, on top. Yeah, yeah, I remember about this. Right, and uh, it's it's twelve inch flooring tile. Uh, 12 inch by 12 inch, and I bought at um, it's a it's basically a square, a flat square, you know, not like a it's not a monster size giant square, but you know, I uh, bought a square in L shape and put it on and you know, e epoxied it right along the edge of the thing, um, to you know, flat to the top of this tile. Yeah. It's a stone, you know, it's a granite tile. And uh, it's it's heavy. It's heavy as hell. It's never going anywhere. Um, right. It's not going anywhere. Once it's dry, the inside edge is perfectly square on a flat surface. And I can just put my building corner in there to match up the corners and get it completely square and glue the first corner or first two walls together. And then when that's dry, I remove it and do the other two. And then I will, you know, of course, rejoin them. That's one way. The other way is something I bought from Micromark, and I like that as well. It is called a magnetic gluing jig. Oh, yeah? And um, it is like a, it looks like a perfectly squared tin pan, except it's, it's not tin. I mean, it's, it's obviously uh, it's a galvanized sheet metal. And it has um, these little magnet uh, square block magnets i think it comes with eight of them and it but the sides come up maybe you know um a good half inch or three quarters of an inch up the side of, of the metal all the way around it's perfectly square this box and then you just put your model into the corner and then you slide where, where your where your joints meet at the corner and slide the magnets up against it and you have uh, a perfect um uh, squared edge uh, when it dries, the magnets keep it nice and tight. And uh, you need to get on micromark.com or to their website, check out what they have, and uh, uh, check out the magnetic gluing jig. Yeah, I'll have to go uh, over there and check that out. I'll be honest with you, I, I really, really like it. And um, it's just something I get a perfect fit every time with it. Hmm. So, yep. well, I think everyone okay. should go over there and check that out. I'm going to write yeah. that down so we can talk about that later here in a second. Magnetic gluing jig. I mean, they're not they're not overly expensive. They're like 20, 25 bucks. I mean, but you know, it's a tool you can use over and over and over again when you're building these things. And... Yeah, no, no. It it sounds like a cool thing to have or to figure out how we can make your own. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so 
yeah, long and short of it, Bob, some of us care, some of us don't. I think that's probably going to be the general consensus is it's probably 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I am pickier about it. Sometimes I'm not as picky about it. I try to be pickier about it on the kit that I'm doing now with Wiley's uh, because it's a it's a, a cast wall and that it's not forgiving if it's not square. Yeah. So you, you got a little more leeway sometimes with wood because you can bend it a little and doctor it up a little bit. And that leads also into what Jake is saying. Um, he totally disagrees with alignment in most, most cases, but on the flip side of that, what about sagging roofs, walls that bow out, porches and walks that aren't plumb as a result of age or warping? How much is too yeah. much to worry about? Uh, I think sometimes it looks cool if it's done like if correctly. It, if, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had I have had things pop or sag or move around uh, after I was done, and I didn't, I wasn't upset about it. But then I've also had things that pop or move or sag or whatever after I'm done and it looks god awful. So I think it's just a judgment call on what you want it to look like or uh you know sometimes you can intentionally add that sag to a roof to make it look like it's aged. Yeah, and if you're going to do that, uh, I mean make sure you you make it look like it's naturally done that way. So it's, it, like if you do it by accident and it happens, yeah. It's because of poor construction or poor you poorly fit it. And then when you have it, you can't make it look that way. It just looks like a structure where the roof popped out, and then I got a big giant gaping hole or slot uh, slot down the side of it, or along a, along a roof edge or something, and and it looks just like a poorly put together model. So that you can do it the right way or or the wrong way. If you're gonna do some sagging stuff, yeah. you want to pre pre shape it and bend it first and get it you know get it to fit. I think totally I think and yeah. And uh, Lynn had added to that real quick, and it's a perfect it's a perfect uh, reply to this whole conversation is uh, not everything is straight. And he's right. Not everything in this world is exactly straight. Ah. Um, even when you go to any major city, there's walls that are all over the place. There's it, Nothing is 100% straight, uh, modern or, or old or whatever you want to call it, historic, whatever you want to call it. I'm not good with words. Modern yeah. or old, uh, nothing is nothing in this world is perfectly straight. Uh, nah. And usually by the eye, it's good enough. Um, for the perfectionists out there, obviously, square it up. Do it because it's going to yeah. bother you if it isn't. But it also looks cool to add a little bit of uh, variation and make things make things a little yeah. make things a little unsquare. Make things angled funny. Yeah, make it look like it was hastily built a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the, what you're modeling. So it might yeah. work out, might work out, and look really cool. Man, if you're doing something a little more, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, not every, not everybody living in a town was uh, a craftsman. You know, where they, where they, where they were expert car, carpenters. Right. You know, and they, you know, some people even, you know, even like you look at, you know, people that build wood barns and stuff now. I mean. You know, sometimes they put it together square, and sometimes they don't. These, you know, you know, um, you know, just saying, it's you know, a whole community gets together in the Amish country, and they put a barn up, and in, in what uh, they 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 yeah. raise a barn in two days. Well, I guarantee you, I don't, I know they they take great pride in their structures, but I guarantee you, if you raise a barn in two days, that you're gonna 
Some gonna be off, man. It yeah. ain't gonna be perfectly square. Yeah, well, yeah, you, know, you know. So make it look a little unsquare. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next one. Time, or more specific, how do we save time? And I'm guessing that has to, this is from Lynn. Uh, I'm guessing it has to do with modeling. I'm sure it has to do with modeling. So how do we save time? Yeah, Ron Clace, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ron. Ron Clace said. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses a hairdryer to speed up painting processes. Oh, uh, okay. I, I can see where we're going. I don't really – I think it goes back to, like, patience is a virtue with uh, modeling. Yeah. And if there's one thing I wish I had done early on is be a little more patient with some things. Now i got to go back and fix them again. But uh, I don't really know of a way to save time with modeling if you want it to be done – the way you want it. Yeah, I mean, um, some things take time to wait. The one you have thing to wait that I, certain amounts of time. The one thing I've done to help me pass time or to make my time more efficient, which might answer your answer the question, is yeah. um, I have multiple things going on at once. So yeah. that way, when I'm waiting for one thing to just, which seems like it's taking forever to dry, I can head on over to layout or I can head on over to this other kit or head on over to another project. And um, or you can do something within the same kit. Well, it, yeah, another project you know, or right, whatever right. it is, another step, something another else, step, something sure. else besides that current thing that's right. pending that I can jump over to to make it, uh, you know, make the time pass. Yeah, Just I, because... I got some ideas for time. Go for it. Spray well, paint all your windows. I think you'll the most a, important you'll one save a ton is... of time if you spray paint all your windows. There you go. That is absolutely true. <laughs> um. I think one of the things is making the time to be in there, okay? So you say, well, and we talked about this in the past. It's very important for us to spend time with our families and and do the things we need to do, especially if we're like Brett and we have kids, and we need to spend time with our family and spend time with our kids. That's most important. It's more important than a hobby, okay? But, um, you know, and and same, you know, not just kids. I mean, you know, you can't ignore the wife. I mean, this doesn't right. happen without, you know, or, or your girlfriend or whatever, whatever. Um, you can't, you cannot, you got to make that time. Okay. However, that doesn't mean that you won't have time to model. Okay. That means that you have to use your time to make time to make things happen. So if I decide instead to not just spend time, you know, doing something with my wife for the day or going somewhere, but I spend the time to watch a Netflix movie on my lazy ass in a recliner, then I'm not getting anything done on my workbench. So if I want to truly spend time and save time on, on my build, i got to spend less time in front of the boob tube or uh, you know, stuffing my face with chips and talking to my buddies in the garage. I mean, this is, this is something you want to work on. I mean, you have to make the time to make it happen. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm not trying to say make it like work, but in a way, make it like work. I mean, I, I, I come home from work, uh, from my job. I like to relax and, and chill for a moment or two. Then before dinner, I'll come in here and I'll, and I'll sit, down, sit down rather than sit in front of the TV and take my load off on the, on the recliner and kick my feet up. Uh, I'm going to get something productive done on my workbench. Then I can go to work the next day thinking to myself, oh, you know what? I got something done. Yeah, I'm I didn't waste, I didn't waste that evening. Yeah, I was sitting at my desk the next day going, you know what? Damn it. I'm I did that. 
That's done. And tomorrow, this afternoon, I'm motivated now to go back and work on the second part of that before dinner even starts. Then I help my wife at dinner and we help it clean it up. And then do what you got to do, you know, spend a little time together. And she, my, if your wife goes to bed early, like my wife does, then I'll, instead of sitting in front of the tube and watching sports or watching a movie, uh, or watching something silly like news on on TV, I'm going to come in here, crank on the, the music, uh, not for very long, maybe an hour, and get an extra hour out of it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, you can have both if you know how to manage the time. I think managing the time will be the key answer to that. Totally. Yeah. So that that's a great, that's a great tip. Yeah. Um, and I think the last one we have, I believe... Yes. Last one we have is from Dan Pugach. How to apply decals in the, or I'm sorry, decals in the pros and cons of wet dry transfer. Ooh. Um, well, uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is almost like a whole episode. Yeah. But we'll, how about, actually, we're going to talk, we're going to, we'll talk about that one tonight briefly. But I think this could be. Maybe in a week or two, this will be an episode topic. Yeah, we can really, I could really unravel about some of this. You so, can. I can't. And I'll go tell you why. I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I haven't done a lot of decaling stuff. Well, I have. I, really I have. I know you have. But I, uh, I, I think there's a, there's, there's pros and cons to both. And there's, disa- I've had some disasters with both. Yeah, me too. Um, the quick and down and skinny version of it is I make my own with the printer now because I'm yeah. tired of the ones that come commercially. Um, right. I did buy some wet, some wet transfer ones. Not a fan. Yeah. Maybe I'm not doing them right. I don't know. I've looked up on YouTube by countless people or countless videos. I, I had nightmares with the dry transfers. I, I really no, do. I'm talking about the wet ones. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, the wet transfers to, for me, uh, the, I maybe the ones that I were get I was getting weren't right. Uh, they weren't. Yeah. They were shiny too. Like after they yeah. were on the building and dry, they were, they were supposed to be ghost signs. Yeah. Um, I forget the site that sold them, but they had like hundreds of these ghost sign wet transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they dried, they were shiny uh, compared to the wall. And even when you put dust on them or you tried to weather them down. They were still shiny, so yeah. wasn't a fan of those. Uh, the dry transfers, I've uh, had mixed, um, mixed results with them. I know there's a lot of dry transfer stuff for locomotives, right? Probably with wet transfers too. There's a lot more decals probably with locomotives, um, and I know a lot of the lettering and pinstriping and stuff is is uh, wet and dry transfers for locos, but yeah. um, for buildings we haven't done too much of them because our well, you haven't done too many of them. Uh, I used to do a lot more. Like I said, now I just resort revert, blah, 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 resort to printing my own. Yeah. Because uh, I can just make them how I want. So. Yep. That's that. Uh, how to <clears throat> apply them, though? Uh, that depends on the decal. Uh, personally, the wet ones that I have now, the ones that I have, uh, I just I apply them by throwing them in the trash can. <laughs> well, I tried removed from package, thrown in trash because the ones that I got were garbage. And I hope there's yeah. better. I really hope maybe Dan can point me to some better ones. 
for at least for structures and buildings. I've tried a couple of the wet transfers and I'm just wasn't happy with them. Yeah, I think it's a matter of taste and uh, the dry transfers. I've used some of the lettering ones from Woodland Scenics. And um, and I'll be honest with you, you line them all up and you're starting to work with them and you start rubbing them off because you rub them off with, you know, uh, you know, burnish them on the on the backside of the paper that they're attached to. And you try and do it exactly like the directions say. The next thing you know, I got letters popping off in different spots, letters I didn't want on the damn thing. Uh, and then you then you try and remove them that are stuck to the structure. Yeah. You got a let, <laughs> like I'm doing a letter A and a letter K down below. It comes off of the bottom end of the structure. And you go, what the hell? What the hell? And uh, I I I just am, I'm frustrated with them. Half sometimes they you think they're off and they they do come completely off, but only half of it is like firmly attached. And I just had bad luck with them, and I <laughs> I, I I don't enjoy doing them, so I don't touch them. You know, um, I find workarounds and, uh, I really know. wouldn't, I'm not saying, and I'm, I, I, you're probably like I am. If somebody knows of a better one out there, tell me right. about them. Right. I want to try them. Um, I don't, I don't want to try them. You can tell me about I them. Do. I do. I want to try them. I, try them. <laughs> I don't it's hate... not my thing, man. I just, not my thing. Okay. You know? Well, I do like making my own signs and we've gone over a few times how to put them on and everyone knows I just use wood glue. So, right. uh, but anyways, that was that wraps up our topics. Oh wait of the a minute, week. we have a topic. No, I said our patron oh. topics of the week. Calm uh, down. Gotcha, it's gotcha, okay. gotcha, gotcha. All right, we got one more that you want to talk to, talk about. Well, you want to talk about, yeah. Well, you want to talk about the 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 weathering products, right? Oh yeah, but we were going to talk about the question we had about podcasting. No, 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 no. I told you if we have time, that'll be no the the our favorite podcasts and things we do. Oh, listen to it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I apologize. Yes, you are correct. Hang on. That was also. I'll get to my last. Uh, where did that go? That was from Jeff. Yes. Um, one of our patrons asked what our favorite podcasts are: Model Railroading podcasts and our favorite, um. Podcasts. I will, well, he didn't really ask us what our favorite podcasts were overall, but we can mm-hmm. run through that. Uh, right. So I'll let you start off the the, the show with that one there. Oh, what what podcasts I like for model railroading um, or for modeling first, and then we'll go to the other ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, um, my favorite. That I it got me into listening to podcasts uh, to begin with, but model railroading um, would be the one that uh, Ron. Uh, we had more as a guest, and we had Ron Perry on, and he had uh, what's it? Um, the model railroad uh, uh, stru- model railroads and structure show. And there's a, you know, he has a whole host of them that are on there. He has some great guests on some of them. Um, it, it, he he does, he did a great job for a long time. He hasn't put any out in a while, but there are I've doing there. And um, definitely, that's the one that I got into the most. And I really liked uh, some of his content. It was It was very good. And, um, and then I also um, enjoy uh, Paul Gillette's, um, Model Railroad Hobbyist, 
and I've listened to that quite a bit as well. Um, yeah, I lo- I really like um, Paul Gillette's. His is good. Um, yeah. And there's a newer one out that I think, um, yeah, was it? Yeah, Joe Collins, or one of our patrons, also said that, uh, about it. I really like the Railroad Roll-By podcast. It's kind of new. It started last February. Um, uh-huh. I listened to it last night, actually. It's not bad. It's because pretty good. You, we mentioned this same topic on our uh, – right. On our patrons' uh, overtime podcast, yeah, and uh, they got some good stuff. It's a it's more train related uh, and railroading mm-hmm. related, but it's a it's a good podcast and it's newer, so yeah. it'd be fun to see where they go with it in the future. A Miler's Life is good too with uh, Lionel Strang. Yeah, I yeah, like him because he likes to talk about hockey too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's uh, those are ones I like to listen to. You know what else I listen to in my railroading? What's that? Our, I oh, listen yeah. to I listen to our bench time podcast every Friday night um, afterwards, and um, that way, if there's any mistakes or errors or whatever, you've cut a, a few. I, I'll, I'll I'll listen to it and then I'll send a text message to Brett and say, hey, you know what, you need to check this out. Um, you know, we have an audio issue here. Something didn't upload right. You know, that kind of thing. And then he can he you know, he wakes up Saturday morning. He can I get to work te- on. I see your text message and I grip my <laughs> I grip my teeth and then I go edit it. Right, and I like to listen to it just to see where we can improve and what we can work on because we're doing this off the cuff and we record it. You know, so we we try and improve our podcasting the best we can uh, by listening to our own mistakes. Yeah. Well. Um... I only listen to ours before it goes live because I got to edit the dang thing. So when when I record it, we all talk for an hour or an hour and twenty minutes or more, and then <laughs> lucky me, after we're done recording, you hit the stop button, and I say, "All right, guys, see you later. A good episode. Talk to you next week." Um, I got to go back upstairs and listen to this whole thing over again. So uh, <laughs> I, it's like it's like Groundhog Day with uh, uh, it just keeps happening over and over again. So. <laughs> So. Uh, anyways, but um, what what do you listen to? What do you like to listen to? That's not model railroading. Not model railroading, and you as far as podcasts, you took, you took the limelight from me last night, and I was a little upset because I wanted to announce this one, and I'm going to do, do it. it now. The you Dollop. Oh, yeah, the Dollop yeah. podcast on it's on all the major podcasting networks. Mm-hmm. Um, it is by far my favorite podcast, excluding ours. And I won't even say mine's our favorite because I think we can always. I'm pretty. Uh, I I I'm kind of. Yeah, for I don't, our own selfish purposes, we like ours. In other words, yeah, but I, but I don't even like. I ours. don't even like my own things. I don't like to listen to myself. Right. Right. So exactly. My favorite podcast, hands down, is right now. It's the Dollop. If and if you look, I listen if to you look, it on my way home and I. If you which one did you listen to? Uh, what's the? I have it right here, and it is. Squirrel Tooth Alice. Oh, I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> you gotta listen to that one. It's good. Yeah. Is it older? Are you going from the beginning? Uh, no, no, it's like in the middle, so it's number one forty-five. Okay, I I jump they around. We really have hundreds of them. Oh, I love it. The one I wanted, the one that we listened to the other night here in the basement was uh, Philadelphia sports fans, uh, <laughs> and then we listened to one on uh, Daniel Sickles. But the next one I want to listen to is. Uh, the but more explain what it is. Explain uh, so what it it's is. A, it's a it's a it's a history podcast, but it's not just about. I mean, it is about history, but they're they're two stand up comedians that read back these historical s- stories 
and they're they're true, but they find like the funny and cynical side of history, uh, yeah. like the uh, the things that you don't, the things that aren't as uh, glorious, and then they bring them out in a comedic way, and it's just for an hour. Oh my gosh! Something. And you and I roll laughing. While I'm listening just to constantly bombing jokes out, man. It's amazing. My favorite. It's my favorite. So if you head on over to any of your podcast apps and look up the dollop, it's D O L L O P. Yeah, uh, you'll and, find and, it. It's if and, it, and, it's hilarious. It is hilarious, and they they tell a story when they do it. So it's not but, just jokes. And the way it's done, it's very captivating. Like the way he like, the way he tells the story is like draw just draws you in. Yeah. So yeah. The, the one I want to listen to next is. Uh, the dark secret of American swimming pools. Yeah, like, and do not, do <laughs> not let your anyone. No, it's not a. It's don't not let a, your kids listen to this. It's a. It's definitely a. Seventeen and under is. Yeah. Very yeah. very strictly prohibited. Right. Uh, I would say very very monitored. Very monitored. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, check that That's out. A- That's my favorite one by far. My favorite podcast. Right. So, and some other ones I listen to, uh, it's called Household Name. There's one about branding, and it's a little more business oriented. Uh, and then we have our obvious sports ones that you and I listen to, Spitting Chicklets. Spitting Chicklets. Which is a hockey. It's a, it's hockey, a hockey podcast. One, it's funny too. But yeah. they talk to. But it's a hockey ho- player. If you're not a hockey fan, you probably won't like. Right, they're like ex-hockey it. players, and they talk about. Oh, by the way, Spitting Chicklets is when you get. When you get popped in the teeth uh, during a fight in a game, and you your your teeth, or you get hit with a puck or a stick right. in the mouth, and your teeth pop, bust out, and you got and like your chicklets. Chicklets are falling all over. You're the spitting floor. chicklets, yeah, spitting chicklets. So, anyways, uh, that's um, a good one. Spitting chicklets. That one, um, and uh, and they talk to real hockey hockey yeah. current stars and stuff like that. It's great. It's a, it's a weekly. If you thing. like hockey, yeah. So. There's just a few that we like there. Uh, there's a couple other ones, uh, but they're running related, so no one cares about that. So we'll right. move on. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's our podcast that we listen to. Uh, if you guys yeah. follow any other podcasts, especially other thing other than model railroading, like something like the Dollop, that's funny. Yep. You should uh, get on this week's episode and comment like what your favorite podcast is. Uh, it does mm-hmm. not have to be model railroading. It does not have to be anything in particular. Just if it's funny, if it's interesting, if it's whatever. Uh, as, if you want to share it, share it with us because we're always looking for some cool things to listen to. Uh, and I, I just love podcasts because I got a boring job and I can listen. Well, not a boring job. shouldn't say that. I got a job that allows me to listen to podcasts all day. So I have one last subject. Go for it. And that's the uh, – well <sighs> – do you want something? What's that? No, go ahead. Do I want to what? No, go for it. Go, do it. Go. All right. Well, we were sitting here on Saturday watching college football games, and we got talking. Brett and I got talking about about the products that we use um, that that are out there for weathering, uh, and there's many different companies that have many different products. And I went to some of the websites and looked up. They're, to see if they have an MSDS sheet on it, explaining what what the chemicals are that make the product, or you know what, what they're composed of in case there's an accident, and how you would have to 
uh, treat you know such an accident, especially a chemical burn. Yeah, if or you get something on your hand or your eyes, or yeah, I mean, how do you treat that? And and you know, because I don't know, I can't take this particular product to the to the doctor and go, "This is what I burnt my eyes out with," you know, and, and they're gonna go, they're gonna go, "Well, what the hell is it? What's it made of? And what's in it?" And because they have no clue, you know. Right, and the and, ingredients aren't on the jars most of the time. There's no ingredients on the jar, and there's no method of you know how to how to treat yourself for it, and and uh, so my question is, and uh, so, there's several companies out there. I'm gonna I'm not gonna name the company. I'm gonna name the product that scared me the most. It's this uh, stuff called metal burnishing, and uh, you know you put it in a small dish, and you put uh, you drop one of your uh, you know cast parts, cast metal parts in it, detail parts. And it turns it, you leave it in there for a couple of seconds and flip it around and pull it out. And it's now, now don't get me wrong. You need to be wearing rubber gloves when you do this. Although that doesn't say that on the bottle. Right. Okay. You buy this at the store. It comes in a bottle. It's not, it's not in a box. It doesn't have a little tiny pamphlet with it or nothing else. And don't get me wrong. I'm very careful when I do these things. And yeah, I, put, I usually don't I put, put my eye up. up. I don't usually put my eye up to the opening yeah. and like try to look, look in the bottle and turn it upside down right. and see what it looks like. Right, exactly, and you know, and I'm trying to, but you know what? What do, if what if what if I mean, you splash it by accident, or or something startles you and it splashes out of the dish and it gets on your skin or hands or yeah, I mean sometimes sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll swish it around in my mouth like mouthwash real quick. <laughs> no, but you know, uh, you know, if it does this to metal, what's it going to do to my skin? What's it going to do to my eyes? So uh, I do wear rubber gloves. I wear rubber gloves when I handle it, and I wear eye protection as well. Um, I put it on some, you know, I, you know, protective eyewear and, um, and, and I use that, but let's say, you know, let's say I get careless with it or something startles me and I spill it or splash it. Uh, and you know, that happens. So, you know, how do you treat that? So why, what, what I need to know is where can I find this information? Because if you go to the websites, these particular companies do not have it anywhere on their website where where they sell this kind of product and you've looked and um yeah and i have looked i went i spent a little time this afternoon at work when i should have been working and uh, i was trying to look up some of that stuff and i, and I couldn't find it because it was bugging me it was it's like wow well, how can you put a product out there sell it on the national market or the international market and then, especially the international market and you know you're a world away and this stuff's made a world away and then you you go to use it and you have an accident. Okay. And you know, we try and promote the young people in this hobby to do things. Well, sometimes a younger person may, may have may have this product because they don't ask my age restriction when I buy this. And that person does, is careless with it. How do they take care of that liability? Right. Is my question. You know, and um, you know, what, what, how do they get in contact with these companies to find out? Let's say a doctor needs to find out. Um, how does he get in touch in touch with him to do it? I mean, it's you know, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. So um, I, I think it's something that, that these manufacturers need to start looking into. I'm not saying we should all have a booklet like it like at work for OSHA with a MSDS uh, sheet for everything in it. I'm just saying, you know, there should be an access or a way or a website or somewhere on the website on your label. Of the product, right. saying, okay, you look up here is your MSDS sheet for that, you know. Um, so, uh, just an idea, uh, just something I thought about, and something I think has been overlooked in this hobby. That's it. That's my I, rant on that. Yeah, I've never. I'm just doing a quick Google search for a, 
a couple of the brands and I cannot find they're not they're not there. I checked them all out. Uh, yeah. But hang on. Yeah, they just have a thing called I mean, shit, tell, tell us what <laughs> what we did how to flush their eyes, that kind of thing. I mean they just have they some of them just have like a uh how to use sheet, but they don't really have like a warning sheet. You know? Yeah. I'm looking right now to see if I'm wrong. Yeah, no. Doesn't tell you anything. So, yeah. It does I mean, say it's just interesting. prolonged breathing of vapors. And that's True. all it says. Harmful or fatal if swallowed. Call a physician immediately. <laughs> Keep out of reach of children. Which is great. And that's a required label to put on. Right. However, there should also be something to tell you how... It doesn't say how. Uh, You're right. No, I. Uh, it does say rinse with water. Harmful. It does say rinse with water. But yeah, here's but the thing. You might want to know what's tell in the it. Doctor, what the hell's in it? Right. You no. Know? Yeah. So. No, I agree. Especially if you yeah. have a reaction and they're trying to figure out what the heck, what what's in this. Stuff. Right. How to how to counter it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But. So. Hey, that's a good point, and maybe someone will come forward with a, uh, with some information. That's it. That's it on that. So upcoming, we have we're gonna have uh, in the next week or so here. We will have uh, final information on uh, the, our live build, which will be um, where we can all we talked about it in the That's, past two episodes. Ex- I'm it's excited com- for that. You sent me some sneak peek pictures last night, right? Um, From the manufacturer. Yep. I'm pumped about this. Okay. It's gonna be a neat. It's gonna be a really neat kit, and it's something that everybody's gonna want to jump on board and have a lot of fun with. Um, it's got a little bit of everything in it too. So. I didn't sleep last night thinking about this thing. Well, well really, I, I did, but I was it, that excited, still... Dad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's I gonna did, be a lot of I fun. Mean, I'm not kidding that I'm not excited. I, I did sleep very well. I sleep. Like... It's it's something we're gonna do live on our live builds, like on Monday nights or whenever we do it that that week, um, with me and uh, Brett and Jason Jensen. Yep. And the three of us together are going to work on uh, on uh, teaching everybody what we know, what we'd like to do with our kids, gonna, and you can do whatever you like. Are we going to talk about the manufacturer next week? Yes. Okay. When, when I don't want to break uh, what that is until he nope, is prepared. Nope. And I totally understand. And uh, and then we'll go with that. So next so, week we will release the information on that. Right. I, I contacted him, and he said it's, it, we're just about ready. And, um, cool. and he said, just give me a week or two. It's been the holidays. So, so, and I understand that. It's great. We're going to, it's going to be cool. Uh, uh, we have some upcoming guests. Um, I will break to you. Um, uh, uh, actually, I won't. No, I, no, I no. Won't we're going to, we're going to tease you for that one. We're yeah. going to hang, we're yeah, going to you hanging on I got that. some, re- I got a couple of returning guests uh, from last year. Um, some that are very, they, everybody just absolutely will go ape, ape gaga over just like about any guests we've had. Well, you already and, said shit. So we'll just say ape shit. Yeah, ape shit. And then I have uh, <laughs> I have some new guests that haven't been on the show before. Uh, um, that will have some very interesting uh, stuff to go over with you. Absolutely, and just some awesome new stuff as well. So um, that's all going to be happening over the next uh, six weeks or so. We're going to be we're going to be tossing in several guests here. So uh, that'll be that'll be cool too. I'm pumped. Yep, it's tough to get guests over the holidays. Everybody's busy. I don't want to push them. I don't even try and I don't even try and procure a guest uh, to do that because it's it's, it's too much. Yeah, there's too much uh, going on. 
Yeah, so. exactly. People got some plans and things going it's hard on. Hard enough for us to get our right. our stuff done. So. Yep. Yep. Awesome. But, um, I'm good. I'm good. I think we covered a lot of ground tonight. Me too. Good show. Um, I enjoyed it. We're in the winter months here, and uh, you know it's uh, right. It's, it's it's time to get building and getting, everybody getting to work out there, man. Right. Well, as yeah. you, as always, head on, you can always head on over to our website. Head on over to our Facebook page, Instagram, you name it. We're everywhere. You can email us at uh, podcast at hoscalecustoms dot com. You can comment, like, share, subscribe, whatever. Do everything, uh, whatever floats your boat. Um, that's it. <laughs>